Shaking everybody. You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by Christian Randall, seventh son of the seventh son. Thomas, knee deep in the third season. Evan Peterson, knee deep in a different third season. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand everything that you guys are talking about right now. Craig. I'm assuming Thomas meant Stranger Things. No, I'm talking about Avatar. Oh, Stranger Things 4 is dropping this weekend, so I thought maybe you were doing a rewatch. And all of the nerds did rejoice at hearing the name Vecna in regards to Stranger <laughs> Things. Yeah, verily. But we're not here to talk about Stranger Things right now. We're here to talk about robots that blow things up. Booyah. Just creating Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. We are going to use for our setting this time something that was suggested by our good friend Michael K. Sear on Twitter. <laughs> suggested that we do Transformer Rejects. This idea of like it's in the Autobots junkyard and we all play Transformers who can only turn into like a toaster or something. This also fits pretty well with a suggestion that was given to us by Creative Valentine on Instagram who suggested robots in a robot fight. And if you've ever watched the Transformers movies, I mean... It's that, that it is, <laughs> to a T. So, I honestly don't know too much about Transformers. <gasps> I guess I may be kind of uh, jumping the gun on our ideation. So, you know what, let's, let's jump on into that and see if we can bring in some fun ideas to go along with this theme here. So, I will start us off. I'm going to tell some real stories about my real life to help inform the story moving forward. Then my friends are going to do likewise afterwards. So, like I said, I don't know too much about Transformers, unfortunately. Never really watched the shows when I was a kid. I've only actually seen the first movie. So instead, I'm going to steal a story from friend of the show, John Kelly, who has a big connection with the Transformers franchise. <laughs> he told us a story in our improv group. Uh, we were doing a Transformers-based scene, and his story that he told is that he has a family tradition that every single time a new Transformers Transformers movie comes out, he goes and watches it with some member of his family. I think maybe it was his brother. His mother. His mother. That makes it even better. So <laughs> he and his mother, every new Transformers movie, they're like, maybe this one's going to be good. Maybe this one will make it worth it. And every single time they're like, maybe the next one will be worth it. That is uh, kind of my connection with Transformers is surrogately through my friend John Kelly. Uh, there was a while back when I shared a meme with Evan that vaguely alluded to a Transformers court drama. It was in support of the Fate RPG system. It was a alignment chart of what counts as Dungeons and Dragons and the like, I think it was Chaotic Evil said, my Transformers courtroom drama I ran using Fate was Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll bring in some Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney vibes. I have a lot of experience with that, Frank. <laughs> um, one other thing that's kind of obscure that I'll throw out there just to get it into the pot is uh, the film The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. <gasps> oh, so good. Goes to Mars? <laughs> Goes to Mars, yes. I don't know how recently you've watched it, Ned, but that movie is way heavier than it needs to be. Because you got the Brave Little Toaster franchise. It's all of these appliances that come to life, all Toy Story style. Franchise? Yeah, there's three <laughs> movies in it. Yeah. The Brave Little Toaster is the main character. Then you've got Kirby 
squeeze the vacuum and you've got Blanky and there's the lamp and they all need to like, you know, they are attached to their master. <laughs> Thomas's face right now. <laughs> there's a baby in space on the front of this movie. Yeah, exactly. So they are attached to their master, similarly to how, you know, Woody and Bo Peep and all them are attached to Andy. And in the third movie, the master has a baby. It's the little master and it gets kidnapped by aliens and taken to Mars. <laughs> so all these appliances need to figure out how to get to Mars to save the little master and bring him back home. Wow. Have you guys really not seen it? It's so good. Have they made this available on Disney Plus? I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> worth checking out. This probably doesn't need to go on the podcast, but I'm looking at the plot. Rob and Chris have a baby boy named Robbie. At first, the appliances all think that they'll pay more attention to him, but later get used to him. Later, the hearing aid, who was left in a drawer in the new house. The fact that they have a hearing aid in this movie blows my mind. Hey, hearing aids, they're super easy to lose. I lost my hearing aid for like three years straight until my dad found it in one of our chairs in the front room. <laughs> in the chair. Yeah. Fun little tidbit for our audience. I'm legally deaf in my right ear, and I just don't wear my hearing aid anymore because I hate it. Oh. Anyway. Fun little tidbit for Evan, who has known you since he was 14. I think that's a fun little tidbit for everybody here. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Pretty sure he's mentioned it before. I have. I swear I've never heard this. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's my monologue for our ideation here. Uh, just all over the place. We'll see what sticks to the wall. I, Another I, paragraph I... says they get the microwave and cheddar cheese popcorn to help them fly as it is organic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A laundry basket and the ceiling fan. Oh my goodness. Can I go next since I also don't know Transformers so we can get the... Oh, uh, I know nothing about Transformers. Oh, okay. So Thomas is carrying this whole thing. That's all right. Here's mine. I was going to say. So when I think Transformers, naturally, I think of Michael Bay. And there is a magnificent YouTube channel called Every Frame of Painting, which for those of you out there, if you haven't seen it, I would go binge the whole channel when they were active. They only made videos like every six months. Like they took a long time and then they stopped making videos five years ago. Really sad to me, but it's fine. They can do what they want. Their videos are amazing, amazing film analysis, super intelligent. I've learned more about movies from that channel than anything else. And I took a film class in college. Uh, I hope our former improv teacher doesn't listen to this because he taught that film class. Anyway, (laughs) he has one of their early videos is called Michael Bay. What is Bayhem? And I watched expecting the typical internet film snobbery and they actually gave a very fair analysis of Michael Bay where they didn't necessarily say he's really good but they did break down his very unique style and what makes a Michael Bay movie a Michael Bay movie and they showed examples of people trying to copy that formula and what they did wrong that made it not feel the same and why it is almost even worse in some ways than the authentic (laughs) thing like yes the transfer movies are notorious for being bad but battleship tried to rip off the style and it's almost worse in some ways like almost i haven't seen it but they break down this method to like he does these shots where he revolves the camera around a hero with the sky in the background but then he always has something in the sky moving against the camera and things like that and they show tons of examples of this like formula he uses and it's crazy interesting and almost made me like weirdly respect michael bay in some ways (laughs) Not because I necessarily think what he's doing is good, but because he knows what he's trying to do and he does it well. And the people who do like that kind of thing, like he delivers every time. 
So yeah, check out Every Frame Painting, watch their whole channel, but their episode on Bayhem, what is Bayhem, is pretty interesting. There you go. And let's bring it over to Christian now to round out our group of people who don't know anything about Transformers. <laughs> yeah. So your mind goes to Michael Bay because you are a cinephile. You appreciate film and such. I am a degenerate. So my mind goes to Megan Fox. That's <laughs> oh, really... Oh, no. <laughs> That's all I... I was a teenager. I thought she was hot. That's what I think about when I hear about Transformers. But yeah, I mean, I think I've seen all the ones with actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, but I don't think I've seen any of the ones after they replace him with another person. Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, good old Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg. Haven't they only made one movie since? Oh, I guess if you count Bumblebee. I heard that one was decent, but that wasn't Michael Bay, so. They've made two movies with, I'll let you finish. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, but first. <laughs> Um, and actually, interestingly enough, robot fighting, I have a bit more to say about. I've always been super into those like robot battles where the people on the outside stand with their little remote controls, like you competitively battle build bots. <laughs> yes, battle bots. And when I was in my prime Game Boy Advance gaming days, I had a battle bots Game Boy Advance game where you would battle in these little arenas and earn money when you won to upgrade your battle bot to go up in the ranks. I never actually did anything. I At one point, I did take apart an old lawnmower and try and tinker something, but I had zero know-how and even less supervision, so nothing actually came of it, probably for the best. But I love taking things apart and then trying to put them back together. I have realized now that I am actually the one paying for this stuff, it's just not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I never put it back together right. <laughs> it's weird because I'm almost the opposite. I'll be like, I own this, and I'll start taking it apart, and my wife will be like, what are you doing? You're going to break everything. Thing, and I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, BattleBots. That's I, thought, I forgot that's what it was called. There's a, a weird little cabinet in my brain filled with all that kind of stuff. I haven't opened it in a while, but we'll see what comes out. The recent like BattleBot show that they did is a very deep rabbit hole you can go down of like rivalries and triumphs and defeats. <laughs> Let's see. And now, finally, Thomas, the one person who's going to save us from this mire. Folks... I cannot, I've been reading over the synopsis of The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars for the past five minutes. On Mars, Toaster ends up between an election with the Supreme Commander. After a while, we learn that Toaster wins the election and is the new Supreme Commander. Yeah. And this is a musical. Yeah, there's so many good songs. And the hearing aid is more of an integral part than I thought they would be. Thomas, teach us about Transformers. Yeah, back to Transformers. Should we just make the whole session a uh, Brave Little Toaster theme? <laughs> I don't think we can avoid it now. It's going to have to come up so much in the ideation. No, I, I really liked Transformers growing up, actually. I didn't get to watch as many episodes or as, many of the sh as much of the shows I'd like to, because I think they came on, like, Sunday morning at, like, 7.17 or something, you know? Uh, it's one of those weird times like i remember double dragon came on sunday mornings when i went to church so i never got to watch double dragon but and i think transformers was in the same boat but i really liked it I, they had all the toy commercials from hasbro where they had the jingle transformers robots in disguise and i really <laughs> liked the first movie with shia La labeouf but then me and my friends were so excited to go see the second movie we went to the midnight release and all of us after the movie, we just kind of sat there and we looked at each other and just sighed very deeply. It was the same sigh that I had after I watched the fourth Indiana Jones of the midnight release. Just like, 
Michael Bay, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it was just, and I didn't see any other Transformers past them. But about robot fighting, I have seen the Hugh Jackman classic, Real Steel, uh, with oh, robot yeah. fighting. That's a good one. Where it's not battle bots, it's him literally punching a robot in the face with shadow boxing. <laughs> which, if you think about it, makes no sense whatsoever. The robot would never be able to see him because he's on the ground and there's too many lights and there's a literal robot between him and the other robot. But hey, Hollywood magic, right? Hugh Jackman <laughs> magic, that's all you need. There you go, there you go. Uh, Hugh Jackman. I'm starting to wonder if we're not qualified for this podcast because a fan was like, hey, here's a beloved 80s cartoon you could do something with. And we were like, we know more about the Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars than we know about this cartoon. <laughs> Surprisingly, there's a ton of lore with Transformers and I've gone on some rabbit holes with it just like in the past year for unrelated reasons and I'm like, oh, what is this? And I found out about like, there's like two actual like video games like on their home planet that they had to escape and they have like a, a more recent TV cartoon show. It's really fascinating. I just unfortunately don't know it too terribly much. I've just I know it all on a surface level. I remember when I saw the Michael Bay trailer that had the Dinobots and I was like, there are dinosaurs in this thing? Those were some of the coolest ones in the 80s cartoons, I will say. Well, I'm just, as we kind of wrap up this ideation, I'm going to make a formal apology to my good personal <laughs> friend, Michael Case here on Twitter, one of the best singers and actors that I've ever met in my life. I'm sorry that we are butchering your suggestion that you gave us, uh, but we hope that you will forgive us. Michael, we'll try our best. We'll, we'll make this a musical, a la Brave Little Toaster, just for you. <laughs> I quit. Yes, I'm going to be playing a phonograph. <laughs> okay, I won't force my players to do that. I, I have forced Thomas to sing on this podcast before. You have. But I will not make the rest of you do that if you don't want to. Fine. Hello, my lady. Hello, my darling. Okay, so that's our ideation. Wow, what an ideation. We've got a big pot full of, it's a big old minestrone full of gears and servos. What are we going to pull out of it? Goodness only knows. Uh, we know that we're going to start in the Autobots junkyard, a la Michael Sears' suggestion. That's one thing that we can actually deliver on. And we will be Transformers. <laughs> yes. So here's, here's my idea. So the Transformers, Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Jazz, all of those people, they eventually make it to Earth, meaning that they had to have a farewell. You know, they had to leave all of their friends behind. So I've got this image in my head of like all of these reject Transformers in the junkyard. Like, I want to be like Optimus Prime. I miss my friend. Let's go to the Earth. Let's save the Earth with our friends. I like it. I, I was picturing <laughs> us getting on as like stowaways because they didn't want to take us with them and we snuck onto <laughs> the ship to go to Earth. Ooh, that is also very fun. <laughs> Folks, I have a name generator for if uh, you're you're hurting for a name, just FYI. A Transformers name a generator? A Transformers name generator. Drop that in the chat. I need some help because I'm over here. I know there's like deceptive uh, cons. There and are some great ones in here. Hero I will cons. say there are some fantastic ones. Maybe we will use this fantasy name generator as another audience member for suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Everybody generate three names using this name generator. 
generator and then pick one of them will be the name of your character. <laughs> now these guys are going to be making up their names. The names of our NPCs are going to be coming from the people who shared one of our posts on social media. You know, like we mentioned at the beginning of Miceborn, we've started giving more specific notice of what our next campaign is going to be so that we can get more tailored aspect suggestions. And we've also started this new tradition that if you share that post, then you have the opportunity to get one of the NPCs named after you. So we've got a big old list of people who shared that post. Nice. And they're going to be popping up throughout this campaign as characters. Thank you all so much for sharing. Yeah, much love. And, and stuff. stuff. Hey! hey. <laughs> all right. So we have kind of the bare bones of what this is going to look like. I do feel like I want to have at least some idea of what a core tension can be that is going to move the story through the entire arc. Because I honestly, like, if I think of what the core tension was of the original Transformers movie, I don't know what it was. <laughs> Would you like me to tell you? Yes. Could you give us a brief synopsis of the core tension of Transformers by Michael Bay? Uh, so basically there was a cube which would terraform Earth to their home planet of Cybertron, but it would destroy all of Earth. They were supposed to have found the cube thousands of years ago, but Megatron, the big bad dude, crash landed on the planet and froze up, basically. And so it wasn't until Shia LaBeouf's grandpapa touched the <laughs> sleeping Megatron and it imprinted a map on the glasses that he was wearing. Wow. Man, I forgot how those movies were. People say that National Treasure is convoluted. <laughs> it's a map on glasses. <laughs> oh, boy. I I'm pretty sure. Maps have keys. Keys have maps. Stuff. <laughs> Go away, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Wasn't the second one all about the key? Like the weird spiral-shaped thing? The se Which, second Transformers or second National Treasure? <laughs> <laughs> The second national treasure is where they find a treasure underneath Mount Rushmore. Thank you very much. And they oh, kidnap man. the president. We are so off the rails. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I have an idea for a core conflict that I, I think should hold up under the rules of engagement for Autobots. Um, Megatron was his name. The bad Megatron. Yeah. Perhaps he has incapacitated our heroes and we are the ragtag team that has to save the A-listers. <laughs> and there's no one else. Yeah, yeah, we're the B team. We're the we're the C, D, maybe E team. We're the Theta team. Yeah. You know, this actually goes along with the thought I had of like, it seems a little cliche, but like Megatron's already taken over. And now there are just fighting pits where all the Autobots go and then they rise the ranks to get to like the final battle or something like that. You know, they said fighting robots fighting and I know that could be literally anything, but my first thought was fighting pits and we did bring up real steel, so. <laughs> this is fun. I'm gonna say that maybe, you know, we start on Transformer Planet with the junkyard, and then maybe we play a little bit dumb about we don't know what happened to them, and then eventually <laughs> we make it there. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I like this. Ugh. It wasn't until Christian said Megatron is his name, right, that I realized how unqualified we are for the <laughs> subject matter. Now I want to sincerely apologize to Michael Sear about what we're doing to your suggestion. Hey, okay, I, I at least know Optimus Prime and Megatron, all right? All right, well, we're going to ignore all of the established Transformers canon because we're going to make up our own canon right here, right now. Let's start by figuring out who our characters are going to be. Christian, what you got for us? Well, the name that I chose for my generator is Free Spin. Mm. My high concept, 
glass cannon. Mm. But you're like literally glass and a cannon, right? Well, that's when I'm in my robot form. I'm, you know, glass cannon shooting more like electrical pulses kind of a thing. When I am in my transformed form, I am an harmonica, not a harmonica, an harmonica. Oh, the uh, instrument invented by Ben Franklin that's just a bunch of spinning glass bowls? That is exactly what it is. <laughs> See, we, we got our national treasure tie-in after all. Look at that. <laughs> ben Franklin. Um, yeah, so I am an harmonica named Freespin with a high-concept glass cannon. I'm going to be able to put out some real impressive frequencies, but uh, I am made of glass partially, so that's a thing. It's not even electronic. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. It, anybody, if you haven't listened to an harmonica, they are pretty awesome. They're beautiful. Uh, Rob Scallon, a guitarist on YouTube, has a pretty good video that he put out about them. Go check it out. So free spin, our glass cannon, what's something that gets you in trouble? Well, I don't want to say the fact that I made out of glass because that's going to be obviously a factor. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say glass emotions. Oh, He's okay. very fragile. He, um, <laughs> he can get his feelings hurt pretty easily and uh, that can get him into trouble. Dig that. Now for your audience suggested aspect. This week we got suggestions from Emberglow Treasures on Instagram, CD Winga on Twitter, Eric Jordan Phillips on Facebook, Clayton Forbush on Instagram, and CD Winga on Instagram. Here are the three that you are going to get to choose from. I've got more than a few screws loose, response to sarcasm with laser beams, and I gotta ask mom first. <laughs> oh, sorry, two more people real quick that gave suggestions. Michael Casier himself, and also Caldic Steelskin. All good suggestions. Um, I'm gonna go with, I gotta ask mom first. You do have glass emotions. Yep. <laughs> so now we've got our aspects in place, this delicate, fragile glass cannon. What is your peak approach going to be? I'm gonna go with flashy because when I end up putting that friction on those glass bowls, it's gonna create some pretty impressive sound waves to blast away my foes. Indeed, and a good underscoring for our musical sections. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the last thing we need for free spin is a stunt or a piece of equipment. All right, so the stunt that free spin has is called cracked. Mm. When he gets pushed to the edge, when it finally happens, when he finally cracks, he can release big, you know, pulse of energy to empower his allies or defeat his foes. Okay, so it's kind of a sacrificing oneself for a big final move sort of situation. Yeah, I may lose some of my notes, but I will help my allies. Crack, baby, crack, as David Bowie once said. <laughs> so that is free spin. Very nice. Next up, let's go over to Thomas. Do you have a character in mind for us? I do. I do, I do, I do. So I would like to think that my guy is pretty tall, pretty bulky. He likes to uh, punch a few walls, rough up his knuckles a bit. And he's got these two massive, like, just sharp blades on his back, like an X, almost like samurai swords. And that's just when I'm in my robot form. Uh, not too terribly tall though, so maybe like 10 feet at most. Definitely not as tall as like some of these other, not Optimus Prime and things like that. But when I'm in my transformed mode, I transform into a ceiling fan. Okay. Also one of the characters from The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. There we go. And uh, not only am I a ceiling fan, but I have like the pole sticking out. Like I should be connected to a ceiling already. Like it's not just like the fan portion. It's the contraption that goes into the roof as well. The whole fixture. Yeah, the whole fixture. That's my transformed form. And uh, my name is Scorch Guard. <laughs> 
That is the most Transformers sounding garbage that I ever heard. Oh my my name is Scorchguard. Okay. What is Scorchguard's high concept aspect going to be? Um, I just, sorry, I just realized how much that sounds like Scotchguard. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking the whole time. Oh boy. I, I want to say he's a devoted fan. He's a fanatic <laughs> for Optimus to the point where he like tries to emulate him, right? So he's highly motivated. Uh, he wants to follow in Optimus's footsteps. And so that is going to be... Um, transforming into prime i like it. transforming into prime for our devoted fan he's such a big fan now what would prime do <laughs> okay what's something that gets Scorchguard in trouble um he is not smart he's not a smart dude his fanaticism drives him to a situations so he doesn't think things through all the way so i'm gonna call it mid transformation like he he's always mid thought but he doesn't finish his thought before he uh jumps into trouble there and i think that also could have some implications as far as the physical characteristics of Scorchguard as well. Yeah, gets a little too excited maybe sometimes. Sometimes he gets stuck halfway between a samurai robot and a ceiling fan, MBD. <laughs> and then we got your audience suggested aspect. Here's what you will get to choose from. Stuck in high gear, not stuck in low gear, stuck in high gear. Oh, no. Gotta have that auto insurance. <laughs> and who needs parents when you have friends? Uh, stuck in high gear is a clear choice for me. Mm -hmm. It's go, go, go. <laughs> Let, let's get this done. Let's roll out. <laughs> all right. And then with all of these aspects in mind, what is your peak approach going to be? Uh, forceful. Makes sense. You like <laughs> roughing up those knuckles, I believe was the wording you used that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And the last thing we need for Scorchguard is a stunt or a piece of equipment. So Scorchguard has not gotten this far on his own. He actually has a little buddy, almost like a pet you would call it, a less sentient being who's actually part of his transformation, his robot makeup. Oh. And so at any time, he can pop him out. It's just like a little insect in its robot form, and then when it transforms, it's a hearing aid. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, okay. I see where this is going. And its name is Lockfire. Lockfire. <laughs> so my little friend, Lockfire. Okay. The name generator may be the MVP of today's episode. Lockfire, here we go. Okay, so that is Scorchguard. Scorchguard. And that brings us to our final character, Evan. What you got for us? So the name generator, I like gave Christian free spin and gave Thomas Scorchguard and Lockfire. It just gave me the word dagger. Uh, <laughs> dagger. Which feels underwhelming. I like it. But uh, I, I, uh, I feel like one of the, and I'm not actually coming at you, Christian, but I feel like when I was thinking about dagger, I was like, one of the tenets is that a transformer has to be electric. And I was like, what is an electric knife? Uh, and I immediately thought of, I, they still exist, but I immediately picture them in the 80s, the like electric bread knives mm -hmm. that automatically vibrate back and forth. Got like the two blades that rub side by side against each other. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I'm a, an electric bread knife. Okay. Um, when I transform, <laughs> my nose is the blade and some of them have like a little metal like guard to help you like size up how big you want your slice to be. And that's my right arm. And then the rest of the handle is like it transforms into my body. All right. So just a clarifying question. Are you really small? Yes, I'm very small. Okay. I'm the size of a, an electric bread knife. <laughs> So my high concept, since I've been stuck in the junkyard, I figure I'm probably a little rusted. Uh, I did cut like a butter knife. Mm, not quite as sharp as you once were. No. 
Now, what's something that gets Dagger in trouble? Uh, so my wiring has seen better days. I'm a little faulty these days, and occasionally, when I'm maybe trying to sneak or, you know, just hanging out, the blade will just activate and just start buzzing. <laughs> oh no. It attracts a lot of attention. If I'm in the bad place, it can maybe cut something I don't mean to. It's just, it's really inconvenient. And so maybe got a a shorten the circuit there. Yeah. Shout out to the movie Short Circuit. Also very good. (laughs) Now, for your audience suggested aspect, here's the ones that you are going to get to choose from. It's only a scratch. Really has a lot to say about the good old days and Born to Fly. Man, those first two are both good. Uh, it's just a scratch. It's such a good like excuse or like way to like cover up when I accidentally hurt someone. But also, <laughs> since I am older, rustier, not as sharp, and malfunctioning, I feel like I really cannot shut up about the good old days and when I was in my prime. <laughs> All right. Now, with these aspects in mind, our somewhat dysfunctional 80s appliance, uh, what is your peak approach going to be? I am small still, so so I went with quick. I figure I'm nimble and can get in and out of things. Nice. And the last thing we need for dagger is a stunt or a piece of equipment. Uh, yes. So I, this might be overpowered because I want to be able to do two things with it. So I'll leave that up to you. I named it the perfect slice. And the idea is I can use it to, you know, cut through something I want to cut through, even if it's maybe a little harder than my rusty old blade should be able to. Or, second usage, if I am near a loaf of bread, I can cut a perfect width slice of bread that is just immaculate in every way. (laughs) Alternatively, it could be like the perfect cast, and it can bond you to your son on a wild (laughs) whirlwind road trip. I feel like this is a reference I don't understand. Yeah, I'm going to cut this out of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, Goofy Movie! You gotta keep it. Not anymore, you're not. (laughs) Okay, yes. Shout out to the Goofy Movie. Uh, Another wonderful film from the Brave Little Toaster sort of era. The perfect cast. Well, now I feel bad for not getting it. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. Not to go off uh, on a tangent, but the only thing I remember about that movie is I saw a scene where one of the guys drinks out of a drinking fountain with a straw. And for like three months in elementary school, I did that at school because I wanted to be like him. (laughs) That was a good decision. (laughs) I just realized this is the second campaign in a row that we've referenced the Goofy movie. Shadow Wizard! The Leaning Leaning Tower Tower of Cheesa. Oh boy. So we finally have our three characters figured out. How long have we been recording? It's been a while. But yeah, we've got our characters figured out. We've got our world figured out. So now I think it's time to start inhabiting these characters here and seeing what happens. You find yourselves in the junkyard surrounded by other dilapidated bits and pieces of various other unfortunate discarded transformers. It's been a while since all of your friends and your idols left. They flew off on their... Do, do they have rockets? Is that how they get around the universe? Uh, I don't they know. They probably have like a Einstein-Rosenbridge kind of a thing going on. I think the ones who fly are the ones who can turn into planes. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Oh, Thomas <laughs> is going to pull us out of the mire. Our lore keeper. Some variation on jet propulsion engines. Rocket engines are similar. But if we want to go Brave Little Toaster route, they just need an organic uh, <laughs> specimen. A bag of popcorn. <laughs> and a bag so of- they... they 
they left the planet in a thematically appropriate manner. <laughs> one that is really awesome. There were lots of explosions as they were taking off into the sky. And now you've all just been kind of left here. And I imagine Scorchguard in particular has been just kind of pining for his idol, staring off into the stars, the music swelling behind him in the kind of manner that might lead into a musical number about his feelings. But I'm going to leave that up to you. There they go, Lockfire, our idols. <laughs> I want to hear him do a full ballad in that voice. <laughs> You're really setting the bar high for Transformers voices here. <laughs> and your little friend Lockfire responds back to you and says, It is all right, my good friend Scorchka. I know that you miss your idol dearly, but we still have our friends here that we can take care of. You're right, Lockfire. Prime wouldn't leave anybody behind. Let's go. You turn around to go find your friends and you immediately bump into an old car, just this beat up old junker. What's the, it's the Yugo, is that the name of the car? The Pinto? That is like really, really bad and dilapidated. The Lada? You know what? It's a Ford Taurus station wagon <laughs> in honor of the car that was owned by my coworker, Matt, that he loved dearly, but had to get rid of when he got a minivan. Whoa! Sorry, Rip Button. <laughs> Rip Button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you bump into Rip Button and he goes... Oh, thanks for not calling me Lemon like everybody else does. <laughs> that is named after Dear Lemon Hansen on Twitter. <laughs> He's a lemon. Get it. You bump into Rip Burner, I believe was the name. Rip Button. Oh, Rip Button. Rip Button. You bump into Rip Button, and he goes, Hey, you've been looking mighty down in the dump, Scorch God. What's wrong? Oh, well, you know, all the other Transformers, they left to go find, you know, our ultimate power source. Ah, uh, yes, the AllSpark Cube, or is it the Energon Cube? There's too many cubes. I don't know which one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping Prime might notice my talents and bring me along with him, but maybe another time. Hey, it's all right. Don't you worry. Just hitch your wagon to that star, and one of these days you're going to fly out of this junkie. Thanks so much, Rip Button. You know just what to say. I got some really good tapes stuck in my tape deck, some motivational speeches, and I just listen to those all the time. Well, you really give us a lot of hope here, even though you can't run anymore. You, you really lift us up around here. Yeah, I could use a lift myself, maybe, you know, get some uh, car jacks under me to give me some new tires, because the ones I have got slashed so many years ago. <laughs> but it's okay, I don't mind just staying right here in the middle of the junk heap. <laughs> You're hilarious, Rip button and i walk away <laughs> all right so you you leave rip button aka lemon behind in the uh, junkyard and he starts playing one of his motivational speeches over his really old crackly sound system and you go off in search of your friends uh free spin what are you doing at this moment I am sitting in front of an old polished piece of obsidian that I use as a mirror and I'm like taking a rag and I'm gently cleaning out each bowl on my body to make sure that the tones are all correct and I'm just like running a finger across to make sure that the notes are just perfect and just kind of looking up at the stars enjoying the beautiful night waiting for my friend Scotchguard to pull us onto our next adventure because he's the he's my hero you know he's the guy who, who really gets things going he's basically I see him as the same as Optimus Prime high praise and so Scorchguard, as you're walking through the junk heap, you start to hear these faint crystalline shimmering noises and you're like, that's where my friend is. <laughs> I better go over there. Oh, Scorchguard, it's so good to see you again. Hey, Freespin. Hello, Freespin, it is fine to see you again. <laughs> oh, Lockfire, 
It's always good to hear your voice. I wish I could say the same for you. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't mind him. He's just upset because we were all left on this planet, abandoned, here, left to die, with no hope of survival, or at least minimal hopes of survival. But it's all right. As long as we have each other, I don't really see an issue. You are such a good friend. But if it would make you happier to get off of this planet, I heard Dagger was working on a plan to find our friends. Uh, I perk up immediately and goes, You don't say free spin. I do say. Good heavens, what are we waiting around here for? Let's go to Dagger. And I grab free spin and I just start booking it over to where Dagger is. Yeah, and what has Dagger been doing this whole time? Uh, Dagger is in uh, part of the junkyard where he has found a relatively flat hubcap. I'm picking up dirt and kind of hard packing it into a general sort of rounded off rectangular shape. And then I line up and I cut a slice off and then I check my lines and see how I did. And, and as you walk up, I'm like muttering to myself. And I'm like, I've still got it. <laughs> <laughs> Dagger, free spin here tells me that you've been coming up with a plan to get us off planet. Scorch card, way to sneak up on me like that. You scared the dickens out of me. Ah, still got it. <laughs> so sorry to hear about your dickens. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Christian. That voice. I can't breathe. <laughs> uh, tell us, Dagger, what is this plan that you've been coming up with to get us off planet? You got it, Lockfire. There's another spaceship set to leave in two days' time. I figure if I sneak around to the back and give a little bzzz, I should be able to get us right in the back of that thing on the next trip to Earth. Ah, oh, that sounds like a fantastic plan. What do you think, Scorchguard? I look over across the expansive waste, the massive courtyard that is just Cybertron. There have been no defenders left to protect us. No defenders to bring law and order, and it's just a massive trash heap pile. And seeing the rocket way in the distance over there, I go, Dagger, I think we can do it. We'll just have to get past all of those heaps of junk between us and the rocket ship. We better be able to do it. That's the last spaceship leaving here for at least three years. Oh no! Cyber years are so long. They are free spin, and I don't know about you, but I want to go out there and I want to help bring Cybertron's glory back by finding the AllSpark Cube uh, energy source. You know, the only reason I was built like this was to cut bread for the humans, but now I'm stuck here and there isn't an organic morsel in sight. I look to each of my friends and then to my little companion on my left arm. So it's decided then. We're going to make it to that rocket ship, or die trying. What? I, uh, that second part wasn't part of the deal. It is now. Okay, oh boy. Um, before we go, I just have to ask my mother if it's okay <laughs> if I go with my friends on a little trip. And I look directly at the camera and go, of course you can, Freespin. You always ask your mother before you leave the house. <laughs> Well, make it quick, free spin. We don't have long. Only bring what you need. And I'll clink on my little glass feet over to just a shiny piece of metal and begin talking to it. Just a broken <laughs> piece of metal. So it's just your reflection? It's just my reflection. Mother, my friends would like to go to another planet and they need my help. Do you think that I could go with them? And the whole time I'm talking, I'm just nodding my head. Oh, thank you, mother. 
You're so kind and generous. I imagine it's like, you know the thunder sheets that they use in the theater where it's just like this big piece of sheet metal that you move to make thunder noises? Yeah. I imagine you're just like, you reach out and you grab one corner of the sheet of metal and you like wiggle it to make a noise. That in front of my friend's mother, you're embarrassing me. And then I'll come back and I'll get ready to get to the rocket ship. I've, I've grabbed a few things around myself to, and put them in uh, some like satchels or I'll have my like legs, the, the side will open up and like I'll, I'll th- put like a few spare parts in there before they close up and uh, I'm ready. All right. So all of you looking forward to the horizon across the heaps of junk, the dunes, as it were, of detritus and debris, you look at the area of the launching pad for the rocket. And I think that is where we're going to pick up next time. Auto boys, let's go. No, oh boy. Where did Evan go? My guess is he saw a spider. So in, t- in Texas, there are two types of roaches. You can leave this in the podcast if you want. It's kind of funny, but there's one that is much, much larger and can fly. Oh, boy. And I am in a small closet, and it w- there suddenly something was zipping around my head. Uh, they're called either tree roaches or palmetto bugs, and I left my closet very quickly. I do not blame you. I, from your facial reaction, I knew it was some sort of bug. I thought it might be a spider. I don't see it anymore, though, and I'm even more scared. Well, you know what? You can overcome your fears just like Dagger is overcoming his fears of going to Earth. But you know what? We're going to worry about that next time. But for now, thanks, everybody, for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Transformer Rejects. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a dilapidated Ford Taurus station wagon with a lifetime supply of motivational tapes if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to suggest either an aspect for one of our characters to use or a setting for us to play in, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I am just in love with the character dynamics that we're building with all the characters there. Our editor, also one of the players, Mickey, she does a phenomenal job with the sound design. It is honestly much more polished than I ever expected it would be when we first started. Agreed. It's just a really good show. Go listen to it. We also have on the same channel our Avatar Legends campaign that is ongoing. Christian's part of that, along with Caleb and McKenna, also cast members on the show. And, whoo boy, some crazy stuff has been going on lately. It's just a grand old time. I love that system so much. I love the Avatarverse so much. Go check that out as well if you haven't already. The other thing that I would like to plug this week is, so last episode, Connor mentioned Taco Christmas, and then I realized that we did not explain what Taco Christmas is at all. (laughs) Kind of funny because I'm the Taco Chancellor, and it's my job to spread the word of Taco Christmas. And you might look at that and say, hey, Taco Chancellor, you ain't been doing your job very well because you didn't explain what it was and we missed it. That is very true. I'm going to repent right now. So... Taco Christmas is a holiday that was invented by my friend Brett and some of his other friends, some other people that I went to high school with. It is every year, May 17th, every single year. Here are the traditional observances of Taco Christmas. One, eat tacos with cool people. Two, wish a Merry Taco Christmas to the person who gives you your tacos. And if this person responds unfavorably, they are the Taco Scrooge. 
number three, listening to taco carols, most especially the Raining Taco song by Perry Grip. Number four, everybody is entitled to one taco Christmas, which, which is not guaranteed to come true. Although the first time Connor celebrated taco Christmas, he wished for a taco emoji. And now we have a taco emoji. Just saying. Uh, this wish is made by whispering the wish into your taco before taking your first bite. Observance number five, especially orthodox observers state that the tacos must be crunchy tacos from a Taco Bell and that they must be consumed after dark. Now, I, as the taco chancellor, this may be a little heretical in the views of some of my other friends on the taco council, but I am of the persuasion that the most important thing about Taco Christmas is eating tacos with cool people. You can observe the other observances if you wish, but if you don't want to go to Taco Bell, maybe you want to go to the local Al Pastor truck instead that mm -hmm. works for me. Maybe you have, you know, grown up a little bit and it's not as practical anymore to make sure you're eating your tacos after dark all the time. Maybe you want to eat them at a reasonable hour like dinner. That is also <laughs> your prerogative. So that's the shtick with Taco Christmas. You are now invited to join in the Taco Christmas love as well. I will try to do a better job as the Taco Chancellor of making sure I am a bit more on top of reminding everybody that Taco Christmas is coming up, but it's going to be on our website. Put it in your calendars. I've got it in my calendar. You too can join in the Taco Christmas love with all of my wonderful friends. That is my plug. Let's go over to Christian. What you got for us? Um, I am going to plug Artifice. If you want to know how things work, you can always go to the internet and you can just Google how things work. But if you've got a wind-up car, an old toaster, something that you feel comfortable taking apart, rule number one, make sure no, there are no batteries and it's not plugged in. But then after that, take something apart, make something new. We live in a crazy weird world and the fact that anything works is a miracle. We basically tricked a rock into thinking with computers and somehow I am able to see my friends across the country in real time through a rock and some metal wires in the ground and then shaking the air in a funny way. Things are crazy. So take it apart and see if maybe you can put it back together. Yeah, maybe even make something new. Be warned that dismantling your computer may void its warranty with the manufacturer. <laughs> Check that first. And that improv tabletop is not responsible to fulfill your warranty. Or any damages. Yes, this is our hold harmless agreement. We are not liable for any warranty claims that you may have to submit to your computer manufacturer. Uh, Thomas, anything that you would like to plug? By golly, folks, this is just a lot of fun, and I would recommend going into Transformer lore. There are a ton of cartoons, movies, uh, comic books even, that you can take a deep dive, and as my friend John Kelly and probably Michael Sear know, there's a lot to digest and a lot of good stuff. Um, so just go have some fun and get lost in something harmless and uh, learn a little bit more about fantasy because I think that's going to help fuel your imagination. Last month I talked about just storytelling and wanting to be there to tell stories and just exploring that. And so this month I want to just say do that by fueling your imagination. Here, here. And Evan, is there anything that you would like to plug while you're still standing outside your closet? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to plug the non-southern United States. <laughs> Listen, my mom's from Georgia, born and raised. I, I got Georgian blood in me, all right? I live in Texas. I say y'all and howdy. But uh, sometimes a palmetto bug flies right out of your vent in the closet where you're recording a podcast with your friends <laughs> and tries to attack you right in your face and you got to run straight out the door in the middle of recording. And I'll be honest, I wish I lived in a place where that didn't happen. So to all you non-southern United States, 
God bless you. <laughs> you know what, Evan? God bless you. Thank you for uh, working with us even in adverse conditions. But thanks everybody so much for joining us here in the world of Transformer Rejects. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and this week I've been joined by... Christian Randall, harmonic to the end. Thomas, rolling out. Evan Peterson, ready to go on the hunt. <laughs> much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. When Thomas and I had our last board game convention, we played a game called Robo Rally. Mm -hmm. That is basically BattleBots kind of on a game board. It's a programming-based game. It's mayhem. Holy cow. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You know, maybe someday we'll be able to play that in person. Lol. <laughs> maybe we'll get a, like a live stream of us all on Tabletop Simulator or something. Maybe. There'll be one of our Patreon tier rewards or something like that. There you go. Watch us play games poorly. <laughs>